Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Ah, the sweet sounds of Millie Vanilli. Rob and Fab. Two dudes, What's wrong with PB? Two dudes with dreadlocks that could not actually sing, but, man, they could dance. Hey, man. A two-step works with everything, Jay. You know what that means? That means we get to hear from our boy Pete Haley via the BetQL guest line. Pete joins us from NBC Sports Washington, the Washington Football Talk podcast. Pedro, what up, man? How you doing, buddy? Afternoon, JP. Afternoon, Brian Keith Mitchell. What up, Peter? Hello. Yeah. I, say, I say, what's up, both. Peter? <laughs> I'm just hanging out in my bedroom talking with one uh, of the better radio shows can, around the country. Can you go to another room? We don't want to talk to you in your bedroom. Uh, no, this is actually where I like to do my radio hits. I have a nice view of my uh, apartment building's courtyard, and I don't have to wear any pants, so it's actually where I'm most comfortable. Uh, that's what we were all hoping yeah, we you'd were tell hoping us. To hear you. Are you are uh, talking about not wearing pants? That's let's, uh, let's move on from your pants, and uh, let's try to focus on some football here. Um, the Commanders... For the second straight season, and hell, I don't even want to count how many seasons it's been since they actually won a playoff game. But for the second straight season, the the second of three years for Ron Rivera, they're out of the playoffs. Um, Brian and I had a fairly specific, but a a broad specifics to borrow a, a general specifics to borrow a phrase from Michael Scott. Our 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 measuring stick for a successful season this year was to win a playoff game. However that arrived, that was what we needed to mark this a successful season for the Commanders. What do you make of this season for the Commanders? It's not successful. There have been successful individual stories, such as the defensive line waking up and dominating for most of the year, although I think all these snaps that Allen and Payne have had to play have impacted Uh, some of their performance recently. I think the receivers look really good. The running backs have some depth, Jamin Davis, et cetera, et cetera. But the fact that there are only individual stories and and Ron has to point to us trending in the right direction as opposed to us being in a different spot, being in the right spot instead of on the way to that spot is disheartening. Um, Seven wins, seven wins, and then seven or eight wins in three years is, is suggesting that this team is, in no better position than it was under Jay Gruden. Ron's winning percentage is a tick better than Jay's. He's more eloquent. He's done a really good job with the off-field distractions, of which there are thousands. But he is a football coach first and foremost, and he's not making the football team better. And he's had 
injuries here and there, but he's also had weak divisions, weak conferences, and plenty of chances to assemble a roster that he believes is best. And through three years and uh, 50-some games, he has not gotten this franchise any closer to his goal of building a Super Bowl winner, which is what he said he wanted to do when he was introduced as head coach. Well, he's talking about they need to find quarterback uh, one again. And uh, when I look hear that, that means that the people they have, they're not happy with. Only one guy we don't know about. How do you think uh, this this game should be approached with that position? It, it should be Sam Howell, and I understand that maybe the practices that we aren't able to watch, Sam maybe looks still behind. But when we see him, he throws the ball well. When we saw him in preseason, he was creative. He came up with big plays. And granted, that third-string defense he was playing in the Baltimore game is completely uh, inept compared to what he'll face with a full-strength Cowboys team. But Sam Howell needs to play unless he is incapable of tying his shoes and figuring out which hand to throw the football with. There's no point in Carson Wentz being anywhere near the huddle. Taylor Heineke, it'd be great to see him maybe run around one more time if he's going to be a free agent and move away. But he's not a part of the future plans or at least the future QB1 plans. And I would hesitate to put much stock in this performance one way or the other for Hal, whether it's great or whether it's awful. But they need to at least get the first data point in his growth. He's been able to sit and watch for months and months and learn. And they say they like his preparation. They like his seriousness. Well, now it's time to see what he can do. And I don't know. I was thinking about this. Like, I know Ron says they want to play to win. I don't know if I would even put guys like Terry McLaurin out there or John Dotson. And I know you need to field a roster to uh, play a game, and if De'Ami Brown gets hurt, what receiver is going to fill in behind him? You only have so many bodies, but like, screw playing to win. Put Sam Howell back there with a offensive line that's assembled as best you can, but all the other pieces that you know are very precious to your future, I don't need to see him out there in case they turn an ankle or hurt their knee. It's, it's just not worth it, but Howell needs to be the quarterback, that's for sure. So, you, I mean, I get resting guys that are dealing with injuries. You just don't want to play anybody? No, because they're probably not going to win this game. Um, but like, it's not like Terry has some franchise record he wants to beat. It's not like we need to see more from Jahan Dotson. And again, this isn't just like Madden where you can unplug and then take all the important guys out and just sub in some player with like no no face on his player card and just get through the game. But like, it just it, with there's it, it's got to be like a delicate tanking, honestly. A win again, as unlikely as as it is, would not be good for this franchise. It would affect their draft position the negative way and exposing uh, Terry McLaurin to Micah Parsons or exposing uh, Chase Young to a Cowboys offensive lineman probably just isn't that smart. And I don't expect Ron to do that. I think he's serious when he says he wants to win and maybe he'll play them for a half. And then you pull guys out and let Cam Sims get some work and let Jeremy Reeves and Percy Butler play at safety. But like, I just, I just don't think there's much point in rolling out your stars. And maybe Beamich hates that because uh, he's a, he's been a player who wants to play in every game, and I'm sure Terry would hate that too. But sometimes you just got to take control and do what's best for the long-term view when this game really is meaningless from basically every way you but look every, at it. Every situation is not going to be a perfect situation, and I think just because things aren't perfect doesn't mean that you just say hell to hell with it. How many positions, if they were to win a game or lose a game, will the draft pick move? It's hard to uh, say, but there's yeah, there's 7, 8, and 1. I mean, there are 1, 2, 3, 4... There's six teams all at seven wins. Like, I, I get the draft position conversation. A few years ago, when it was them and the Giants, and they called it the Chase Young Bowl, 
because the loser got the second pick and the winner got to like fifth or sixth. Mm-hmm. Where I think um, that I, I get, but you're talking about 15 to maybe 13 to 17. I, I don't know about draft position at this point. And but dude, here's the other fallacy: they played the Cowboys week four and got smoked, and they played whoever they had. So like. Putting Chase Young and Terry McLaurin on the field hardly guarantees a win. I know, but it, it at least exposes them. Didn't to they have Andrea a backup quarterback in Week One? I, whenever they played, I don't two? think you should play Chase this week. Like he's come back, he showed you the progress. He's still working his way back. I wouldn't play Chase this week, but I don't know about benching everybody because you still got to play people. You only get to after make saying it. that. I was always thinking about win. I'm always trying to win. You cannot go out there and, and take everybody off the field. But that, that proves totally against what you just used as an excuse as to why you didn't know something. Ron, I think in your interview, JP, with him, or uh, in, the, in the podium, talks about how he's going to use this as an evaluation game. Well, what more evaluating do you need to do with McLaurin, with uh, Brian Robinson, with players like that? You I need think to Robinson's evaluate. You need to evaluate Percy Butler. You need to evaluate Christian Holmes. This is... Treat this as a preseason game. Like, but it's how can you? Ugly. But this Ron's is the thing I'm saying. It, but, but think about it, though, Pete. I mean, I understand. The, I understand the concept. But if I'm evaluating players and I'm putting them out there with below-average players against people starter, how the hell am I evaluating them? How, how is that a fair evaluation? It, it fair or not? They need to play. Like Deron Payne, get him out of there and see what Shaka Tony and these guys can do. Draft picks that are that you have to decide that you've made picks on a couple years ago who are entering like the third or fourth year of their career and you need to see if they're worth a second contract however cheap it is or if they need to be cut so you can figure out like the team's issue be mentioned i think you'd agree is the depth the starters are all fine to pretty good there are some areas that need to be shored up but the depth we have no idea and when ron continues to cite injuries as a reason why his team isn't working yes that is a valid excuse on its own, but it is annoying to hear. And the reason the injuries are so devastating is because the guys behind them step in and don't play that well. So now's a chance to see which guys can actually play well versus which guys are just eating up a roster spot and need to be moved on from so you can go about shoring up the second and third lines of your depth chart. Again, I don't expect Ron to do it, and I don't think the players would like it, but this is how it should be handled in my opinion. I understand that. I just said but I think the, you're going a little too far. Every year, every year, Ron chooses – this whole football team. And we've seen guys get released and people that were kept that shouldn't be on the football team. So if the depth doesn't work, maybe the concept of getting people that are going to be choir boys and never ever challenge people need to go out the window and you start getting you some better football players. That might occasionally say, hey, we don't need to do that. We need to do something else. That's where the problem comes. It's not about, you know, the depth doesn't work. You choose the wrong damn people. Right, and, and whatever happens on Sunday is not going to improve the long-term outlook of this team. And as soon as that game ends, it's going to basically be forgotten and deleted from all our memories because there's far more pressing issues. And, yeah, I, I understand there's no good way to attack it, whether it's McLaurin or whether it's Camp Sims. Like, the real issue is the ownership dilemma, and it's Ron and the coaching staff. And whatever occurs at FedEx Field is probably just going to be a miserable afternoon one way or the other. So I think we're all just trying to get through this final game and have something to discuss when in reality we're all ready for Monday and locker clean out and to move on to grander things such as the future of Rivera and other important decisions. I was really ready for some more games, you know, more checks. That's what I was oh, ready yeah. for. 
<laughs> playoff football, man. Playoff football Hell is cool yeah. and fun. I'm um, talking with Pete Haley from NBC Sports Washington, who apparently just just doesn't even want to play on Sunday and just fold the whole thing. Hey, just write um, it in, Pete. I, I at some point you got to have somebody out there. This was kind of my argument when folks said, "Oh, it'll be easy to beat the Cowboys in Week 18." Like the way NFL rosters are structured, someone has to be on the field. You can't bench everybody. Would have 47 people, right? And like you're not going to put 10 dudes on IR and sign up. Like maybe they bring up some practice squatters and give some guys some opportunities, but. You're still gonna have people on the field. Like I'm trying to think of who is is anybody completely locked into their playoff spot at this point? There's so much up in the air. But like the the Vikings, for example, they're still gonna have to play their guys because you can only bench so many people. Um, who cares though? It's just it's a relatively silly circular argument. Um, week 13, this team was seven and five. Week 18, they're seven, eight, and one. What do you attribute the collapse to? There are definitely uh, like football, like strategy and roster reasons with Heineke turning the ball over and the defense not generating turnovers enough. Um, this team, when it had Derek Forrest and, and those guys stripping footballs and picking passes off, Kendall Fuller, et cetera, like that made a big difference. That allowed this team to have more of a margin for error. I think, like I said, the D-line, while Deron Payne still has generated sacks, I think the overall impact of the D-line has been minimized a bit down the stretch here by the Giants going with a quick passing game and the Niners having a really good offensive line. Like We haven't seen the pressure, the overwhelming pressure as much, and that's then let the secondary be hung out to drive it. But overall, aside from those minute week-to-week shifts, I just think it's this team ran really hot and caught a lot of breaks, and then the fortunes just reversed, and it and it bared out to be the average football team and I during that win streak really thought okay they found a sustainable way it's not the prettiest way and it's not the most uh you know comfortable way but they can run they can dominate on defense and they can win in the fourth quarter but when you push things to the fourth quarter and to the fate of one or two possessions and you need the referees to make the right calls and you need the catches to be made instead of drop like when those little 50-50 things go the other way, it's going to drastically change the outcome of the game. So um, I just think it was a, a football team that is in the middle of the pack, returning to the middle of the pack, and as simple as that sounds, I really do believe that's what's happened. What are you looking for, though, in this last game? Since You, know, you don't want anybody to play, but what are you looking for that we can leave? I mean, everybody, people talk about leaving a season, going into the offseason to take something with you. What can we take from this game that's going to make us feel better? I, if you want, like, I could sit here and try and dress up a Sam Howell take. Yeah, I, there's nothing, Brian. There really is nothing. No matter what takes place, they could win 40 to nothing. They could lose 100 to nothing. It could be an empty stadium. It could be filled with Cowboys fans or the, the Commanders fans could show out, turn away all the Dallas supporters. None of it matters because we're all still going to be wondering what Ron's fate is. There's going to be no quarterback starting-wise. That gives you confidence for next season. And the players that you like will be here, but there's still many more gaps to fill. And, uh, yeah, so I, instead of dancing around this question anymore, I'm just going to answer nothing. I'm looking for nothing. I'm looking for zeros on the game clock, and I'm looking for locker cleanouts to occur on Monday. I I don't think it's as simple as that, but I, I suppose I appreciate your candor. Um, so what do you want to happen then? So Monday comes, everybody cleans out their locker. Obviously, the ownership stuff leaves everything dramatically up in the air. We've all been pointing that out, but – if you could remake this thing, what would you what would you do? 
I, I respect Ron as a person. I don't think he doesn't care. I don't think he's dumb. I don't think he's like an active, uh, you know, huge minus on this team. He's not an Urban Meyer. He's not just a joke of a head coach. But I think the record that he's had both in Washington and for the second half of his tenure in Carolina shows that he is not someone who can elevate a team. He can keep them afloat. He can, he can maybe have these spurts, but he's not a winning head coach. So I'd make a change at head coach. And it's tough when you go from the coach-centric structure, then maybe you want just a GM and a regular structure, and then you flip-flop. It's the same thing. Like at college basketball, you want a guy who's a really good recruiter. Oh, actually, let's get a guy who's really good at coaching. But I think I would just return it to a normal thing. You get an offensive-minded head coach. You let your defensive coordinator. uh, Maybe it's Del Rio, or maybe you blow up the whole thing, even though Del Rio's done a good job and you have a new GM, and you start over the timeline, and that's exhausting to think about. But if this coaching staff finds a quarterback in the draft that they like, but then the coaching staff gets fired next year because there's a new owner, that's going to then harm that quarterback. So I think you, you figure things out, and you start from square one yet again, and fans will be tired, and they'll be exhausted, and they'll lose another wave of, of diehards. But I think that's how it needs to go. This is not going anywhere uh, impressive. This maybe gets a little bit better, but I think uh, you have some good core players, but you need someone else in charge of coaching those players, and you need someone else in charge of finding more of those players. I, I just think like when uh, a lot of times when a person, if they could come up with an agreement as to who's going to buy this team, just like when I, I remember in 1999, Dan hadn't really completely finished his purchase, but he, he and Vinny were around all the time, and they were there with John King Cook. So they were having some say in as what things were happening moving forward. What if they were to come to an agreement before the year ends and that new owner said, I want to hire a general manager because I believe that you have to go and do it the right way. A general manager comes in and drafts a quarterback. That general manager is drafting a quarterback that the franchise loves, not mm-hmm. a certain coach. And I think what we have to do with this franchise moving forward I've seen the Ravens, the Steelers, you know. You see teams of that nature that they are normally good most times. Why? Because they keep the same type of coach. So they don't have Strong to change. They don't have to change yeah. their players because the coaches that come in are always different. So you get a certain mindset of what your franchise wants to be. Hire that general manager, and everybody you hire from that point on is going to fit what that is. Once that general manager is done, you find one just like him. And you did because like we, we every year we hear the coach come in. Well, you know we want to run a three four, but we run a four three, so we got to get the four three personnel. Why? Why do they do that? Because it keeps him around a long time. If you start hmm. doing the same things, then guess what? I could judge you much much quicker because the players that you're looking for will be there already. You said it really well. Yeah, and that's why a new owner would be great because you can then start from the top down. The owner gets the GM. GM gets the coach, then the GM and the coach get the quarterback and the other pieces, and you're able to have this unified vision instead of, okay, here's Ron, he starts off. The year after that, he brings in Martin Mayhew and Marty Herney, but those guys are kind of behind. They have to fall in line. They were hired by Ron. They have to kind of listen to him. No, uh, it, it just doesn't work when you try to take out one piece and put in another. Everyone's timelines are mismatched, and it and it's, it's, hasn't bore any fruit. So I think as best as this team can, it needs to not be treated like an expansion team, but how an expansion team starts completely fresh. And there are some good players here. I believe that. I know the record hasn't shown it, but the D-line, the receivers, the running backs, uh, the tight ends are young and exciting. The secondary has some guys. 
there is bones here to work with, but the the outside structure of of the front office is not winning class. And uh, hopefully this year is the year it can really be the reset button, not just glanced, but full on smashed into the control panel. So I just got this tweet from Taylor three four four T Tom three four four. He says, "I absolutely hate Pete's take as a fan." Give me something for the last football. I'll get to watch my team play for another year. I, I get Taylor's point. Like, yeah, what you, what you are saying is wildly negative. I, here's what I want to ask you: if, if if you're approaching this with like the the nihilistic viewpoint that nothing matters and that it's all irrelevant, what are you going to write about for the next month? Like, like, what, like, what happens next if if there's nothing to care about? It's not nothing to care about in the next couple months because there's a ton to care about, but this game specifically, and yes, it's really a sterile, heartless way to look at it. Like, this is the final game the Commanders will play until next September, and that sucks, and I'm going to miss going to that stadium, even though going to that stadium this weekend won't be that fun. So I get people like Taylor who just want to show up and cheer and watch a couple more touchdowns. Um, in terms of what we're going to write about, like, it's, it's all speculation and, and where this team can get better. But this week at the park, it's not going to be hard in the way that going to other jobs is difficult where you actually have to really do uh, very important work and scientists and, and policemen and et cetera. Like going to the park and talking to football players is pretty easy. But, yeah, previewing this game, I don't think there's much reason. Getting Ron to talk about uh, his special teams and this and that, it's, it's, we're just going to kind of be going through the motions because it's a, it's a big charade. And this game doesn't impact uh, the long-term future. And unless Sam Howell – dices up the Cowboys for six touchdowns, even then it's going to be like, well, did that really matter? It was one game. So I'm sorry to Taylor and those who feel that way. This is a very like Twitter way to view things and a, and a who cares? Let's, let's blow it all up. I don't like tanking in that way, but I think for this week when it's clear that this four quarters doesn't really uh, have any meaningful uh, outcomes or, or ways to change the direction of the team, lean into it, uh, burn it all down and uh, let's get through it together. Landfill. Let's uh let's schedule Pete for a thirty minute segment next next week, uh, at the bottom half of the hour, so that we have shorter version of the uh, the sky is falling rather than a full twenty two. Well, put him at forty five. Yeah, right. Yeah, Maybe yeah. it's a forty five oh, next oh, week. You, you guys are having so much fun previewing this game all week, right? You guys well, are looking I, I, forward it's, to it's, it's it's it. Ain't the fact of previewing the, the game, world. but I still want to whoever plays and the guys that look. I didn't give a damn. We were out of it or in it. I'm still playing. Why? Because I always have something to prove to myself. Well, and I think yeah. I think for your mindset and for people, it, it is a fairly Twitter mindset because it, it's not. There's a lack of context there. Bench everybody. Uh, B and I were talking about this earlier. If there's fifty three on that roster, add another ten, whatever it is, twelve for practice squad. This game absolutely matters to eighty percent of that team. They have to put good tape out there, otherwise they're out of a job. Good teams cut yeah. good players. Bad teams cut bad players. Like th- this game, like the the idea that this is completely irrelevant in every sense of the word is not fair to the bulk of the dudes on the field. And, and I think I try to frame my conversations about it with that in mind. Like the, the the fourth corner and the third linebacker and whoever we see at, at O line, like those dudes are fighting for jobs, whether it's here or somewhere else. So to them, it very much matters. 
Yeah, well, then let, let Dax Milne and De'Ami Brown fight for jobs. Give De'Ami Brown 15 targets because he doesn't play very much around these top three receivers. Let him be the number one. And if he can do something, then great. He's worth keeping around. But if he's not, then they need to find a new fourth receiver. Cam Sims, he only has like eight catches this year. Can he go get jump ball in the end zone? Can Armani Rogers, how does he handle a full game at tight end? That matters for them, and I hope they have – an amazing Sunday, and I really do appreciate the sacrifices they've made. Being a back end of the roster guy is not easy, and I'm not answering about this game for them. I'm just thinking about it as an analyst and as a reporter, what matters as this team's full-on future. This game really doesn't matter, but of course for those guys it does, and I hope they have the most uh, career-explosive game of their lives and they can convince this team to keep them around. But that's not my job. That's not what I'm focused on. I close up Everybody's got to focus get, on their own thing. Frank, just hit me and say you don't have to go to work on uh, Sunday. They're going to see if somebody else can do it. Talk to you later, <laughs> yeah. Pete. We got to run. <laughs> we got to run. Guys. Uh, that's Pete Hale. You can give him a follow. Let's open the phones on that because that is fairly interesting. Do, do you want to see nothing? Do you want them to just bench everybody? Do you, what, how do you want them to approach this week's game? We're playing Dallas. Think about that. 800-636-1067. 800-636-1067. It's B. Bishop. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Be Mitch Finley, 106.7 The Fan. Phone lines are packed. Garnet Hathaway is about to join us from the red-hot Washington Capitals. Let's go to these phones. What do you want to see this weekend? You want to see nothing? You want to see something? What should the commanders do with a game against the Cowboys, even though they are eliminated from the postseason? Lou, what up, man? Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, Happy New Year to you. You too, buddy. Um, Yeah, so I I pretty much agree with almost everything that Pete said on this one. Um, You know, I know you can't sit everybody, but certain people you just don't need to risk in this one. It really doesn't count for anything. Um, and, and yeah, just as far as Ron, uh, man, just so disappointing. Um, I'm, I'm scared that we're going to have a punt year next year if we end up keeping him because of the whole, you know, pending sale and all that stuff. But, you know, we had four weeks of, of what was really meaningful football and we just didn't answer the bell. Any one of the giants game, all those games were so important and we just didn't answer the bell, uh, and just super disappointing as a fan. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, I just think we need and, – and if anybody aside from Sam Howell is starting, it, that's that's just it's, – it's malpractice and just fireable offense because uh, we know what we have in everybody. We need to see this guy going forward. We need to be forward-thinking, not, not you know, we're trying to catch up always. We need to be forward-thinking with this. Thanks for the call, Thanks, Luke. Uh Let's go to Carol in Manassas. Carol, what do you want to see hey. this weekend? Hey. I want – 
I want to see us win. Are you crazy? It's Dallas. It's Dallas week. We should be motivated to beat them no matter what. It used to mean something. Fair enough, Carol. I'm with you, Carol. Thank you, Carol. I, I, I think anybody with the slightest hint of injury should not be playing. I think if somebody is like slight in, like injuries that are kind of serious, things of that nature, but regular little football stuff, play. Fair. I, but I'm saying curl sit, say yeah, juice sit, I'm with chase that. sit, John sit. I want to see how. That's what I want to see. What does uh, Sean and Woodbridge want to see? Sean, what up, man? Fellas, hey, what's going on? Not much, what's dude. Up, what do you want to see this weekend? Hey, look, man, three reasons there's no way you sit, people. One, these dudes make millions of dollars, and they want to play this game. That's what they get on the field for. You, you already gave them a non-playoff year. Let these dudes play football. That's what they want to do. Second of all, we most definitely have to play this Dallas week, man. You, traditionally, you do not, and I repeat, you do not sit people, whether you playing them last, first, or in the middle. They are rivals. I don't want to come to work and hear no crap from these dudes. No fan wants to. You need to play just so you can have a chance of beating them. Never know what might happen. So the thing is, I don't know what hell he's talking about. I'm sorry. If you are true, you a true fan, you want to play everybody against the Dallas Cowboys. No win, lose, or draw. Plain and simple. Thank you, Sean. Good call, buddy. You remember the game when um, I think it was the Giants playing against uh, the Eagles? Not the Eagles. The, the the New England Patriots. It made no difference for the Giants to play. They but played they, them they tough to the whistle. Them, played them tough as hell. And, and then when they played the them in the playoffs, they beat them in the Super Bowl. I mean, yeah. So you never know what you can gain or what what, what can be. Something that can ignite you to something else. I just, I don't, listen, I understand sometimes when people are banged up, you want to hold them out. But I don't have the mindset of tanking, quitting, letting people do anything. I don't have that mindset. Cleveland had nothing to play for last week. And they didn't just say, well, we're going to wait till next year to start. Well, and dude, if you want to be, and, and maybe there's not a lot of value to this for, for a lot of folks, but if you want to be the... Uh, the spoiler here, I bet there are plenty of fans that want to spoil the Cowboys' chance at that. winning the NFC East. Hey, Because let's be real now. Because the Eagles are slumping, sorry, Landfill, hope you're sitting down. The Eagles are slumping. If Dallas wins and Philly loses, Dallas gets the one seed. Or it's at least possible. We don't want to see that. Right? Like, don't forget that angle. Uh-huh. I, weirdly, I, I don't know how everyone feels. I hate the father ducking Dallas Cowboys. I'm with you. Like that should still matter. But you know, yo, like, JB, remind you, me on Thursday. Bleep them. You caught you caught an error, a part of the error that really concerns about stuff. A lot of kids like Pete's age today, they don't have that in them. They just care about whoever making them points on fantasy football. And that, yes, it's increased a lot of people being in fantasy in football, but it has also Lord, the belief and the drive of a fan base a lot of times. I don't, for me this weekend, like what fans want, I don't know that there's a wrong answer. There's how I feel and there's how other people feel. And, and I don't think I'm being like some maniac. Like, oh, you know, they make millions of dollars. Everybody should play. John Allen should not play. He just hyperextended his knee. Let him chill. I, and I have told you I agree with that. Right. But I guarantee you. But if, if you're we, a healthy football player, play. If we, if we did a call in. And I bet you the people that want him to play, the people that don't want him to play, it'll, it'll be right along age lines. 
Let's go to Bobby, who apparently who may be in Poland. Bobby, what up, man? <laughs> Not a whole lot. What I'd like to see in this game, guys, I'd like to see Rivera go to Heineken and say, we want you to uh, start the game Sunday. And if I was Heineken, I'd say, okay, if you want me to go in there and get murdered, then you give me a new deal, three-year, no-cut contract for four times the money. Then, If not, I might get sick uh, Sunday morning and have the flu. And he won't play in the NFL ever again. That'd be a so he bad idea that. for a guy like Taylor <laughs> Heineke. Thank you for listening, Bobby. Appreciate you. Um, phone lines are lit up. Stay there. We're going to talk to Garnet Hathaway, Red Hot Washington Capitals. We'll come back to the phones after that and have this discussion. What do you want to see Sunday? But, B, I think I told you about this. Last Thursday night, I got to go over to the over-under sportsbook, mm-hmm. and it was dope. It is the rooftop sportsbook above Cloakroom, D.C. It's one of the coolest Sports books I've ever been in. You can make legal wagers. This is its own little fiefdom, man, and it is sick. It's above Cloakroom. Uh, you know, Cloakroom has been nominated multiple times for the best overall gentleman's club in the country. It just got even better. Located on K Street Northwest, Cloakroom is the first gentleman's club in the U.S. to have a sports book. You can place ba- wagers at traditional betting windows or kiosks while you're enjoying the entertainment, or you can go to the fourth floor, which is where I was chilling to a beautiful year-round climate-controlled sportsbook and lounge called the Over Under. State-of-the-art retractable roof and TVs showing all the games. B, they have a sick booze collection. They got Louis Trey. They got all sorts of bourbon. It, this joint, you know what the vibe is? And and I love all the sportsbooks. Like you, my invite? You, we're going. Right. So last week was a soft opening. I'm not sure when they're going to do their grand opening, but I think it's coming this weekend. You know when we're at MGM National Harbor with bees and we love it over there, right? You feel like you're in Vegas. It's mm. cool. When you're at Over Under, you feel like you're in Miami. Like it's a different vibe, dude, and it is sick. Um, I, I'm telling you, go check them out. You can go to Cloakroom. You can go to Over Under, 4th and K, Northwest, state-of-the-art retractable roof. Enjoy hard-to-find liquor, Bloody Mary, mimosas every weekend. CloakroomDC.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. B. Mitch and Finley, 106.7 The Fan. I don't want to waste any time. We've got one of the hottest hockey players on the hottest hockey team on the planet on the line. That's right. Our guy, Garnet Hathaway, getting set to join us right now via the BetQL guest line. Of course, Garnet Hathaway is driven by Lindsey Volvo Cars of Alexandria, where their goal is your complete satisfaction. Be like Garnet, score your next Volvo with the assist from Lindsay in the crease of Alexandria and LindsayVolvoCars.com. Dude, how good does it feel to put nine on the board in a hockey game? <laughs> uh, yeah, it doesn't happen often. So when it does, it, I mean, it just shows everything is kind of clicking on the same night. Um, you know, it, it's nice to see so many different guys, you know, be able to be able to get goals, be able to get points. Um and just be able to contribute. Nine, though, dude. Damn. Have you ever – what's the highest – Yeah, I'm going to score more than the football team, man. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, at, at a at a high level, maybe not like high school or juniors or something, but 
in the NHL? Have you ever gotten to nine before? Uh, I think, what did we get to last year? Last year, the year before, I thought we got to, to nine, maybe. I know I in the AHL one time I got to ten. Wow, that was that, that was ten. A, that was a good win. Yeah. What what, yeah. what does that feel like? Like you know, anytime somebody shoot is just you know, like they always say sometimes when people are playing golf well, it's about all oh, the hole is huge. Does the net get bigger? I, I mean, that's how the third period felt. You know, it was, and then we got we had a goal called off for being offside too, so they brought that one back. So the third period just felt like the puck went in every. Every time, you know, you sit down, you have some water, and you have to get up to celebrate, and then you sit back down and you get up again because it happened so quickly. But, you know, and then just, you know, obviously Obi getting a hat trick too. It's just, that's just part of it. You know, that, that just builds to the excitement. And I think, you know, the fans stayed there because they, they wanted to see that. And, um, you know, they definitely they got what they paid for, and it was fun. Do you uh, find yourself when he gets hat tricks, and now, I mean, he's in second place now, you start seeing the hat trick. Do you start thinking about, Okay, so when is the time going to be when he gets his when he exceeds the uh, the, the great one? Yeah, you, <laughs> I think lately, you know, people have probably started to calculate. You know, like yeah, he had to get in the second place in order to then look at Gretzky and say, hey, when is he going to pass him? And now, I'm sure there's people out there crunching numbers and trying to figure it out. But you know, it's there's there's a lot of streaks in this game. You know, you can. Obviously, O scores all the time, but there's times when you score a bunch of goals, and then you, there's times when you don't. And to take advantage of those times when you're you're feeling good, you're you're confident, your shots going in. I mean, he he got his thirtieth hat trick of wow. his career. Like that's that's absurd. <laughs> and, you know, I don't, to be able to get one in the NHL sounds amazing, and to have thirty is just, um, you know, it just makes sense that he's he's on the path that he is to. You know, to be to have the most goals ever, um, and it, it's fun to watch and fun to be a part of. So let's uh, let's talk about tonight, man, because you talk about fun to watch, fun to be a part of. Sounds like TJ Oshie's coming back tonight. Um, I, you know, Laviolette's saying one thing, Osh is saying another. Whether it's tonight or it's soon, you guys are already red hot. You're eight one and one in the last ten. I mean, you just put up nine goals for goodness sakes. How much more of a boost might Osh give you guys? I, you know, we'll, and we'll, and we'll find out tonight whether he's whether he's in for sure or not. But you know, he was in the power play spot today, and you just realize how how important he is in that role. Um, you know, the locker room, he's buzzing around on the ice, and I mean, we've talked about it, you know, over and over. And just what, what he what he means to our room um, and to the team is is exciting for everybody, um, and everyone wants him back and, and healthy and. You know, it wants the best for him too. So it's it's a big lift for us, and you know, I think you'll continue to see that with guys coming back. We're we're playing really well right now, but you know, we're still, you know, there's still spots to climb. There's still, mm. you know, playoff positioning to get to and and hold on to. And you know, we there's more than half the year left. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's nice to look at what we've built right now, um, but it's even more exciting to say, hey, this is our potential. This is the guys that are coming back, and and what kind of team are we going to be like moving forward? And obviously, Osh is a huge part of that. You just stated that you know you all still have things to do, and I've asked you several times as we talked to you this year, you like what is it that you're looking for, and will you know when it happened? And what is it, ten or eleven games in a row now? 
what is it that you're doing now that you wasn't doing before? And is it what you've been looking for or is just getting to where you want to go? Yeah, it's kind of it's a good question. Uh, it's, I think a lot of our games, you know, is when we win, when we play well, we're playing really well in our own zone. Um, and I think these last 11, 12 games, we've limited the chances against us, the quality chances against us. Our goalies have played incredible. Um, so that just builds how we are feeling in our D zone, how we're playing. And with that, our transition game, we're moving the other way quicker. Um, you know, we're spending more time in the offensive zone, wearing teams down. I think, you, you know, you look at that, like JoJo's goal last game, it's like he skated around the zone about twice, and then he gave the Kuzi, and Kuzi skated around twice. Um, and that's having that, you know, that patience, that commitment in our own D zone in order to move through the zones and, and doing it the right way, you know, not forcing plays. And I'd say that, you know, probably our puck decisions is what has helped us continue to play as well as we have um, and be consistent with it. You know, we're playing a young team in Buffalo that has such a good transition game that if you throw the puck away, if you force plays, um, it, it'll be back in your end really quickly and, and it won't be looking good. So, that's that's the thing we need to focus on, and I think just being consistent with it is is a big part of it. So so, Garnet, kind of you know you've gotten past the holidays here, and you guys were red hot in December. Um, you guys were on the road a ton. Now I was listening to Joe B. Actually, Joe Beninati do an interview the other day and, and talking about how you now you get a little bit of extended home games over the next uh, month here. Not not to say that everything's at home. You got a, a West Coast trip. I think you got. Phoenix, Vegas, Denver there. But um, looking at the standings, dude, you guys are red hot, and yet the Carolina Hurricanes have won 10 straight, or 11 straight, I think. Do you start looking around yet, or is it way too early for that stuff? It's a little bit of both. Um, I think one thing that you know we focus on as a team and, and with our coaching staff is knowing – where people are that we're playing against um, and, and knowing what kind of situation they're in, the kind of the mentality that they're going to be coming to our game with. And you look at a team like Buffalo that, you know, years past, you might say, you know what, Buffalo doesn't always have a great record, you know, or then the playoffs now you'll look at that and you'll say, well, no, they're not, but they've won six of their last seven. Maybe, you know, they've been playing really good hockey. They beat Boston in overtime. You know, it's, it's one of those teams that you you can't take lightly. So in some sense, you you only look at the standings to say, hey, what have you know? Where are they? How's their season going? And then you look at farther on the right columns. And you say, hey, kind of what have you done for me lately? Sort of thing. Where are they? What's their positioning? And how are they feeling as a team? Are they pissed off? Did they just lose nine to two to somebody? You know, I mean, something like right. that that gives you a little more information about what you know how they're going to line up in the draw are they feeling over cocky you know do we find a team like that and when you look at the standings you you know I, every night i feel like if you look at it our division just somehow every team gets a point somehow whether they they lose in overtime or if they win in overtime it's like everybody that we're playing against right now and that we're going up for a playoff spot seems to get points so you know we have 40 42 maybe games left it's 
it's you, you know you can't there these point these points are as important as as any other one so um i like you how just, you, you just I like yeah. how you just casually mentioned, oh, did they just lose 9-2? to two? Like, who could that have happened to? <laughs> I was like, man, we're not playing them again, are we? Yeah. No. Uh, but, but, uh, they've, but they've played well. Yeah, Buffalo's played well, so it's it's a young team that, that plays fast, too. So it's you just like to know where they are. Uh, this kind of how they're feeling. For sure. Now, now, this question may be silly, and you know me fairly well. Brian knows me quite well. Maybe I'm an idiot. Right? I, 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 I don't think there's no maybe. I, I start you with drop that, that qualification. <laughs> um, you guys are red hot. You guys share a building with the Washington Wizards. All of a sudden, they're hot. They've Competition, won, baby. They've won five in a row, six of their last seven. Is it? Is there anything to, like, the building has some juice in it? And, you know, maybe you guys feed off that a little, or am I just nuts? Maybe they're just pumping oxygen into locker rooms or something. Maybe um, <laughs> I don't know. You know, but that's you know, it's it's fun to see though. Um, you know, we talked about the commanders being at our game, and you know, last time we talked, and DC sports celebrating DC sports. You know, teams doing well together, and just the entire city, the community. You know, having things to cheer about, having strong teams that are contending um, and, and winning games. So it's. Uh, it builds into the energy. You know, fans come in knowing that they won the other night and then they want us to win too, and they're and they're really excited about the game. That energy's got to be so much fun. And, and that place tonight, man. They got the Energizer Bunny. Dude, like, I mean, that place tonight, especially if Oshie gets back out there, could be pretty damn electric, right? Yeah, I mean, and that's – and we felt it lately too, right? We – I mean, maybe it's those people love those black retro jerseys that we have because maybe they love them as much as we do. But people are excited. Like you can you can feel it in in the rink right now, um, and it's it's fun to be a part of, and it's exciting to then you know we got it we get another game tonight. Let's let's be as excited for this one, and and we're gonna get the support from the fans. Well, I played uh, golf with Oshie over in uh, Lake Tahoe, and uh, one of his buddies that played with the Bruins. And let me tell you, dude has a lot of energy. <laughs> um, it's a little different. <laughs> last one. So you play a you play a hockey game on New Year's Eve where you win nine to two. I know you got two young children at home, but how do you cap off New Year's Eve after a nine to two win? Is it's there a is, third one on the way? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> that was that one might have been worse than your last question. Um, no. <laughs> it, uh, you know, it's it's nice that we. We had the day off after the first, and um, you know, like you said, the, the holiday season we've we've been gone a lot of December, and then we come back. We enjoy the holidays at home, um, you know, and it, it, it's nice to you know be able to get home, spend some time with the two kids, and then and my wife, and you little, know, we we celebrated New Year's. I mean, we were we little were a bit home. of brown liquor. What what, what we, happened that night? We were we were at home before the ball dropped, but um, it's you know it's fun to. It's fun to get out um, and and celebrate a win and, and celebrate just the year, you know, with friends and teammates. And it's DC is a DC is a great city to be able to spend spend time together and you know know what we we have here. Um, it's an awesome yeah. community, but it's an awesome locker room that, that enjoys each other's company outside the rink too. Love to hear it, man. Yeah. Well, happy New Year! You've been red hot with predictions lately. You got any? Like when when is your hat trick coming? Let us know that. <laughs> yeah. 
When I know that, it will be after it happens. Uh, I'll let you guys know. <laughs> All right. Sounds good, man. All right, Garnet. Garnet, we appreciate the time every week, man. Good luck tonight. Kick the Sabres ass. success, brother. Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot. All right, man. That's our guy, Garnet Hathaway. You can watch him in the Caps playing the Sabres tonight, 7 o'clock. You can listen to it right here on 106.7 The Fan. You can watch it on NBC Sports Washington. Joe B. and Locker. Um, don't forget, on the air and on the road, Garnet Hathaway is driven by Lindsey Volvo Cars of Alexandria, where their goal is your complete satisfaction. Be like Garnet. Score your next Volvo with the assist from Lindsay in the crease of Alexandria and lindsayvolvocars.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.